And welcome back to a fresh episode of Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't yet, check out my weekly emails where I share actionable B2B marketing, website and SEO tips, useful podcasts, free goodies and more. Why not give it a shot over at businessgrowth.email. Joining me today, I've got Natalie Marcatulio. She's the head of growth over at Navitic. Natalie, welcome to the show. How are we? I'm doing well today. Yeah, it's a nice, beautiful day here in New York, so can't complain. Awesome. We've got a rare bit of sun in the southwest of the UK, so I'm also in a good mood. And looking forward to the topic today, Natalie. We're going to be talking about a super actionable one, I hope, how you can go PLG, product-led growth, in just one week in seven days. So this should be very helpful, very useful, very interesting for any SaaS, any B2B software as a service companies that are perhaps thinking of taking the leap from maybe marketing-led or sales-led and understanding if PLG is worth it for them and how they can move to that motion in quite a quick manner. Um, So let's start with a a very simple one, Nassi. For anyone that's not heard of PLG, what would be your definition of, of what it is? Yeah, I feel like the definition of PLG is very highly contended. So I'm going to give my definition, but feel free to do your own research, get some other ones out there. In my opinion, it's just leading with your product to get people excited, get people into your buying funnel versus only leading with marketing or sales. Basically, any way you can bring your product earlier in the buying cycle. So users have a chance to try it out before they necessarily sign that contract or commit. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I like the I like the simple snapshot, um, and we can dive into the the nooks and crannies of PLG and various ways you can go about it when we when we go into the breakdown. But in terms of PLG for companies, especially in the kind of B two B SaaS space, a lot of companies when they're starting out, to my knowledge anyway, tend to go sales led. So maybe they'll create an outbound motion. Maybe they'll have a team of SDRs or BDRs hitting the phones, cold calling, target prospects, trying to generate appointments. Um, perhaps they'll do social selling or similar. Perhaps they'll do a cold email. Um, or maybe they'll go marketing-led. Maybe they'll try to capture prospects that are perhaps in market, searching directly for their offer or comparing offers, use things like Google Ads, paid search, paid review sites, etc. capture those high-intent ops and send them to sales or maybe they'll do a mix of sales led maybe they'll do a mix of marketing led combine the two for a juicy combo so with that all said why should a SaaS company especially think of going down the PLG route I think it really matches how buyers want to buy today so I always joke Amazon has fully spoiled our buyers and think about your own consumer world right like you're used to getting a package in a day while in these days for B2B, you can barely get a demo in a day if you're lucky. Um, yeah. We actually just put out a big report with Chili Piper looking at the top 100 SaaS companies and took, saw it took on average two days just to get a response to a demo request. And we didn't get back. We didn't hear back from 35% of the companies, which is wow. pretty crazy. These are 35%, people saying, hey, that's mental. Yeah, like these are people saying, hey, I want to buy your software. And I'm sure there are arguments for qualification or maybe it just got lost lost in the email somehow. But when you think about that, these are people who are actively showing interest, want to see your software in some capacity. But if you're just doing a traditional sales motion, 
there's no way for them to explore more. And so mm -hmm. they're just waiting around and might just drop off interest. So if you have no way of giving them a little taste of your product or letting them experience it before that sales call, they might just drop off. And that's, that's prospects you're just leaving on the table. That's insane. Where can people go, Natalie, if they want to check out that full report? Yeah, it's hosted on Chili Piper. Um, I can, I can get the link, but essentially yeah. it's B2B buying report. No worries. We can always put a link in the, the comments and in the description once we're done. That's all good. Mad. So 35% didn't get back. And yeah, that's that's some insane stats. So why why do you think that is? Like, I mean, this has taken a bit of a rabbit hole, but why why are companies from your experience like so poor at one getting back to prospects? And secondly, like what's what's the resolve here? Because these are high intent people that want to speak to sales team, want to take a look inside your offer and potentially buy it. Yeah, I have a few different theories. Um, very tactically, it could be, you know, email spamming, right? Like if your BDRs are just emailing people all day, maybe you are reaching out, but it's not getting to the end prospect. Yeah. Or we only counted responses as phone calls, or I mean, as emails, because I don't answer my phone to random calls. I don't think a lot of people do. So maybe it's an all call cadence where they didn't want to end with just one email. But strategically, I think it's more because companies are more focused on their own process right? We're so obsessed with optimizing our own sales process and making sure it's as efficient as possible, which is great. But I think sometimes we forget the human element of someone's asking for your time. Like it's not too hard to send a follow-up email just saying, hey, maybe you're not a good fit. Maybe it doesn't make sense now. Here are some other resources or tools we recommend in the meantime, because that prospect might not be a good fit now, but they could always change companies and become a great fit later. Mm. Mm. So what what's the answer here like what what should companies be doing in your opinion anyway well not surprisingly i think some aspect of plg helps here um and you know it's it's fine if you have a qualification process if everyone's not a good fit i think one just let them know like when we say we didn't hear back from 35 percent, we didn't hear anything it wasn't like we just were told you weren't qualified but then to give them some sort of self-serve option so if you do have some sort of free trial or if you do have an interactive demo, which we'll get into later, mm. if again, even if they're not a good fit now, give them a way to learn about your product and try it out. So then down the line, they might be, they still know what your product does versus being entirely clueless and never have heard hearing from you. Mm. Have you got any research thoughts or stats around how many prospects when they go to websites don't convert because they don't see what they want to see if that makes sense. And that could be a demo, certainly from a SaaS perspective or live visuals of your offer in motion. Because um, website conversion is such a interesting topic from my opinion, because I do solo episodes on it all the time with kind of lesser known ways to convert prospects, build trust, resonate with your target market. So super interested in, in that kind of stuff. Because there's, as you know, websites are a constantly evolving thing. There's always things we can do around our messaging, around our offer, around our design, around our copy to make small tweaks to kind of build trust, resonate and convert idle prospects. So is, is there anything you folks have done around kind of knowing like why the percentages of people that do actually book a demo or inquire with you is so small? And is it quite often because they don't see what they want to see or interested to know your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I don't have data specifically on why people don't convert. What I do know is I think we see about from a few different research reports I've seen about three to 5% of prospects will convert on like a book a demo or a free trial CTA. My theory is it, it's not that it's not enticing. It's just a lot to ask for. 
right? Like signing mm-hmm. up for a call, even doing a free trial. Like we're all so busy these days. Both those things are going to take hours of our week that we might just not have. Mm-hmm. So one theory for me could be it's just too much and we need to give them a little more before they commit to it. Yeah. What we have seen with interactive demos is they have about a 30% engagement rate. So about one in three people on a landing page will engage with interactive demo, which shows maybe people just want, again, a little more information before committing to that full live sales call or a full, if you have a full PLG motion before setting up that entire free trial. Got it. And yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of prospects are probably skeptical because they know if they click that speak to sales or book a demo button, unless you're one of the 35% of those companies that you talked about earlier, that a sales team with any, with any kind of sense is going to get onto it right away, whether it's booking time on the calendar, giving you a call or email. So maybe I suppose that's a big part of it, really anxiety, because knowing that that is a big next step and the chances are a sales rep is going to be in touch pretty quickly. Um, so I suppose, like you said, having some kind of middle ground where you're not fully committing yet, but you're still kind of learning more and seeing if it's a good fit for you, I suppose. Yeah, I think we've all been burned by we see a product that looks amazing, right? We do our research on it, but the website copies maybe a little vague. Maybe we get some idealized screenshots, I'll say, that look great. And then you get into the actual first demo after you've probably been qualified by at least one BDR. And you realize like, this is nothing like what I thought it was. The UI is very different than what I'm seeing Mm. on the website. It doesn't accomplish my five main tasks. So I think we've all been there where we've probably wasted, again, a few hours of our week on products that just were never going to be a good fit. So I think we're very hesitant now when we all have as little time as ever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And if you're saying like stats, like a third third of um, prospects are more likely to view the live demo as opposed to request to speak to sales. Well, that's pretty significant, right? And if you're getting a lot of traffic, if you're sending a lot of traffic through various sources to your site, that can, I'd imagine, have a pretty high impact. Are you tired of the competition, stealing your potential clients and website traffic just because they rank higher than you on Google for the main services or products you offer? Or maybe you're already investing in SEO or marketing, but your website's failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Or perhaps you already work with a web or SEO agency, but they're just not getting you the results they promised. Let's fix that. Get in touch with us over at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Mention the podcast and set up a call with Sam to see if we can help you with results today. So let's let's get into the topic at hand. In terms of kind of moving to a product like Grow for PLG Motion, seven days, just a week, not a long, not a long space of time. Like what what are the first considerations that a company should put into play? So I think the first thing is figuring out whether or not it makes sense for you to fully do this in-house and you have the engineering resources or staff to do it, right? And when we're talking PLG in this seven-day sense, we're, we're using my expanded definition and also including just ways for prospects to get hands-on from your website. Right. So the first consideration is, you know, do you want to build out an entire free trial, freemium motion 
and do have the engineering bandwidth to do so because I've seen a lot of companies are like, we need to go PLG. So they hack together a free trial. It's, it's maybe not fully supported and then don't have great conversion numbers on that free trial because mm. it's kind of an afterthought versus a full strategic initiative. Yeah. And likewise, I've heard horror stories where kind of companies have switched to PLG, they switched to free trial and then gone back or it hasn't worked well. Um, from everything I've heard, like PLG, when I think PLG based, I think what you're going to share with us is a bit different is the classic get a 30 day free trial, where it's perhaps somewhat limited to the premium tier or the pro tier or the enterprise level tier, which are all kind of more features, more detail, better experience. And like you say, you normally put in your details, your email address, you'll get a 30 day basic trial. And then after that, you'll probably be putting some kind of email sequence or sales will reach out and then they'll try and kind of push you onto the the full tier because your experience ends. And usually it's quite a small percentage of all those leads that actually eventually convert into paid members. Um, so this is actually two part. I went a bit off on tangent then, but one is, is that the route we're talking about here? Or are we talking about something different? And I suppose the second part to it is when is it, when is this not a good fit for, like, are there any scenarios that you can share where just going PLG for a SaaS company is just a terrible idea. Yeah, so not surprisingly, not talking about the exact use case you're describing of the traditional 30-day free trial. In this case, when we're talking about going PLG in seven days, I'm talking more about what we do here at Novatic, interactive demos. And I think there are ways to do this. Maybe it's through video, just more accurate screenshots, but basically just ways to let prospects get hands-on with your product before that live demo call. So for us, interactive demos are basically walkthrough experiences of your product. It clones the HTML and CSS, so it looks and feels like the actual application. So if you go to like if you go to our website, for example, you can go and kind of click around the Nevatic experience, but you don't need to give your email, you don't need to set anything up. Basically, that perfect end stage kind of walk through. And so we have a lot of customers going back to your second question of who is PLG not a good fit for. We have a lot of customers who maybe one, don't have those engineering resources, as I mentioned earlier, to build mm. out a full free trial motion, or two, just have a pretty complex product that requires a good amount of setup to see value. So a lot of common customers for us are like security, FinTech, legal tech, HR, sales and marketing tech, but the end state of a free trial requires a lot of setup. So maybe you need integrations, maybe you need to import personal data that you your admin might not feel comfortable giving you. Mm. And so really they don't want to make the user do all that work to see the aha moment so instead through an interactive demo they can just show the user up front hey if you were to use our software this is what it looked like everything is set up so you don't have to do any work so they can just again get an idea of what they're signing up for versus being entirely blind got it got it and is there any ever a situation where perhaps a SaaS offer is i don't know super high ticket or super complex or something like that where kind of a, um, uh, a free trial or a live demo or something like that is just a terrible fit and they should probably not not go down that route. They should stick to the traditional speak to a sales engineer mode. I think we've seen more of like your product is an API, right? Like if you don't really have a UI to show off, then it might not be the best fit. I but see. generally, even if you do have a more complex product, we've just seen our more enterprise customers break down and create multiple interactive demos. So it's not supposed to be like a replica of the entire demo. It's really just a small little sneak peek 
and they might do it for different use cases, personas or features. So it's not just this overwhelmingly heavy product coming at you. Got it. Okay. No, fair enough. So yeah, like, like you're saying, work out if you've got the resources in-house to be able to put one together yourself or perhaps consider a, a third party company that can help you together with building it out. Um, once you've done that, is it just a case of let's build it together and a week later we're, we're good to go or are there kind of considerations once you've kind of had that internal discussion and you know what next step you want to take? Definitely some considerations. I think as anything, you know, you kind of have to get some alignment internally that you're all want to figure out mm. where you want to promote this interactive demo. So the most common use case we see is on the website, as I mentioned before, because those high engagement numbers but maybe you want to start by putting in some email campaigns or testing in ads before committing to putting it on the website. Another big consideration is just what should I show in this interactive demo? I think a lot of companies, right, especially as we talk about more enterprise complex products, they mm. get a lot of fear of how do I distill all my value down into what we recommend is like a 10 to 15 step demo, which is about 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. So really talking with your sales team, figuring out what are those high ticket value moments of your product you want to show, and then just distilling all that down and writing out kind of the script for your interactive demo. That's usually some of the longest parts. Sounds smart. Sales, sales usually know what customers are after, right? When it comes to the, the juicy questions or what, what's usually requested to be seen. Exactly. They'll know for sure what are those most important features and Nice thing is if you create a little script or outline, which we typically recommend, they'll be happy to give you some feedback and critiques and be like, nope, definitely show that. Maybe don't show that. Yeah. 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 That's a smart move. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. So building it out, I suppose, like you said, they're putting together a snapshot of what customers, what prospects typically want to see, not making it too lengthy. It sounds like just showing some of the, the core features. Um, in terms of, is there any data capture? that we should do the, with this? Are we trying to get prospects email or any further data and then put them in a nurture sequence or remarket to them? Um, or are we just going on the basis that if prospects love it, then they will actually request a, request a full demo or request to speak to a sales engineer? Um, what's the thought process there? I think it's really dependent on each company. I usually say it's dependent on your goal, right? If your main goal is just product education, maybe you want higher quality leads, you want to make sure the leads that do enter your sales funnel know what they're signing up for and have, and kind of almost skipping that first overview demo of, hey, this is just what we do. Um, then I do recommend generally ungating it because you want as many people, you're almost using it as a filtering system, right? Like you want to make sure mm -hmm. the best people are getting through your sales team. You can also include CTAs throughout interactive demos. So you can show them, you know, a few features and this is what we recommend. And then they give them the option, hey, either have you seen enough, book a live demo or keep going. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like there's a few ways you can play it and perhaps having that CTA partway through where if prospects are ready to, to book the full demo, they can kind of leave their info, I, I guess, put time on the sales reps calendar and then proceed to that relevant next step. Exactly. And we do also see some companies form gate it, right? If you're, you do have a more complex product or you are trying to just generate more leads in that case, you know, asking for email up front, you might get less people going through the demo, but you know, they're probably a little more committed if they gave their email. And then we've seen companies actually refer to these leads as product qualified leads, similar to how you'd hear companies talk about free trial leads. 
Mm. And so then nurturing them the same as you would with a product qualified lead, sending them to sales, seeing if they need any help or more information. And we feared to say those are some of their highest quality leads because again, they actually know what the product is before they sign up. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Are there any big no-nos for this process, Natalie, in terms of things that you should definitely avoid doing? Yeah, I think the biggest no-no is people tend to think of these like tutorial videos. Right. So they want to show how to set up the your product. So they say things like, hey, this is where you log in. Now click this button next and click this button next. It's really not supposed to be teaching or kind of how to's. Instead, it's supposed to be that end state and showing, you know, this is what is just the art of what's possible. Really mm. those value driven moments of, you know, if you do the setup, here's what your dashboard could look like and look at all these, you know, you could see which one of your reps, if you have a dashboard like this are performing the best and kind of get those yeah. insights immediately versus a lot of people like to take it like step one, step two, step three. And we recommend a little more of the value focused language. Got it. So it sounds like it's more to show the transformation in terms of where you can start and like where you can finish off and like impact of results and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's if you use your product, if you, or if you use our product, this is what you'll gain and this is the benefits versus mm -hmm. this is how you use our product. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Is that any, any, anything else we need to cover in terms of the actual kind of implementation kind of pushing this, this live and, setting up this PLG motion. I think the only thing I forgot to mention is the actual building within a tool like Nevadic or an actual interactive demo platform. So it is all no code. That's how we can say seven days because it's not like a free trial where you're gonna have to tap your engineers and get on their sprint cycle and you know put in a request and six months later have something come out. It can be entirely owned by the marketing team. So really once you have that script built, script built all you have to do is go use our product to help clone your application, add on the little tool tips and text boxes that walk you through the product and publish it. And then it's live like a, li um, a link similar to a video. Got it. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, we've covered a quite good ground in terms of kind of how this works, what the different types of motions are. Would you say there's any types of SaaS companies where they should perhaps get something in place first before they look to do a live um, demo. Perhaps they're fully sales-led at the moment and they've maybe neglected their website a bit. Um, is there something they should make sure that's kind of set up and running well before they just stick in an interactive demo and then they, perhaps they run some paid spend behind it and it doesn't really have the impact that they hoped for? Yeah, I think number one is if you want to like just first go, start going a little more product-led, as I mentioned at the beginning, I think a lot of companies really like the really beautiful kind of idealized versions of their product, which is useful, but doesn't give the prospect an actual idea of what it is. So maybe just, you know, step number one, start using real GIFs of your product or, you know, and maybe a nicer looking screenshot, something that actually shows the product. Just things so prospects can get familiar with the UI before they jump on the call. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So see it in action. Um, in terms of website placement, like I know I've been on some sites and they perhaps have the home page. You've got the hero top section before you scroll. And I know more and more SaaS sites have got kind of book a book a demo or see the product in action or take a product tour or view live demo. And um, then the next CTA might be speak to sales. So you've got that option. 
any best practices in terms of, I guess, where to position one of these on your site in terms of both the actual placement of the product um, and in terms of perhaps what you've seen work well in terms of CTAs to actually make sure prospects are motivated to take a look at the, at the product in action? Yeah, the most common way we see companies deploy this is as a secondary CTA on the website. So still keeping your main CTA of book a demo or if you are fully PLG, try it for free. But mm. then including a secondary CTA, usually on the homepage, just next to the main one, that is, you know, take a tour, see it in action. Those are usually the two most common copies is take a tour or see it in action. And then if you are going to embed it, that's another option. Some companies do want it to live on the actual website itself. And if you go to our website, you'll see it's embedded. What we see is that if it's above the fold or higher up on the page, it has about 3x the engagement as those really low down on the fold. So you do want to make sure if you do embed it, make sure to keep it higher up or else people won't really see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and aside from that, any other tips in terms of kind of driving prospects to, to product tours or um, actually anything you've seen work well when it comes to actually perhaps retargeting prospects that have taken a, a, a live demo or a product tour um, and what, what any nice use cases that you've perhaps seen in action? Yeah, I think the retargeting is a big one. So if someone goes through your interactive product demo, there's two options, right? Like you kind of score them like any other lead. They go through it, but maybe only make it through one or two steps, only there for a little bit. You mm. could retarget them on Google ads, LinkedIn ads, and try to get them to get back into the product tour to see the full thing. Maybe show them a new feature or just new offer to get them excited. If they have gone through the entire tour, what we see a lot of teams do is direct those leads again right to sales. So if someone's gone through the whole thing, maybe they didn't book a demo, you know, set up yep. a Slack notification alerting the sales team, hey, this is a high intent prospect, like let's go reach out to them um, directly and try to get live time on their calendar. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine kind of LinkedIn ads could work super well in terms of retargeting these prospects. Like if you can see that they've spent like five minutes on a product demo or more interacting on your site and then you feed them, I don't know, useful case studies, tips, ideas, use cases and all that stuff. Like I'd imagine quite a lot of those come back and, and will book an interactive demo over time when it's done right. Exactly, yeah. Because again, you know that they're familiar, so you kind of can start giving them some more bottom of the funnel education, like you said, case studies, um, some more exact use cases, because at this point, they already know what you do. And they're probably hmm. in a little bit of a buying mindset if they went through your entire product. Awesome. Natalie, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks very much for, for sharing best practices around moving to a swift PLG motion and how to make product interactive demos work on your site. With that, Please do share more about how everyone tuning in can learn more about yourself, your company, and anything else you'd like to send our audience to. Yeah. So to learn more about me, you know, not surprisingly, I'm on LinkedIn. I do try to post about interactive demos, different use cases, how we're seeing our customers use them. So check me out there. If you want to talk more about interactive demos, also happy to chat. If you want to learn more about Novatic, go to our website. We do have an interactive demo on our website, so you can play around with the tool as well as we have a customer showcase gallery. So if you want to see somehow some other SaaS companies are using interactive demos, you can go there. Nice. I'll put all of those links over in the show notes at businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, I want to thank you once again for coming on the show, Natalie. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. No worries at all. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, a quick rating 
or review on your podcast channel is appreciated. Or if you're on YouTube, a quick subscribe goes a long way. And with that, we'll catch you on the next one for more no BS B2B marketing tips to grow your business and grow your revenue. We'll catch you soon.